0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Religious Studies Project. We're joining you on a Friday this week because this week's episode is a rather important milestone for us here at the RSP. Today's episode is our 400th episode of the Religious Studies Project, and that episode count does not include our other series like Discourse or Remixes, etc. So we are very excited to have reached its milestone, and it wouldn't have been at all possible without your support over the years. So a big thank you to all of our listeners and contributors for helping us to achieve this. Perhaps it's only fitting then that today's episode focuses on graduate education and the academic study of religion and how we responsibly train and prepare future generations of scholars for careers both in the academy and beyond. Joining me here today for this discussion is Dr. Carmen Becker, who is a postdoctoral researcher in the study of religion at Leibniz University in Hanover, as well as the program director for the Institute for the Study of Religion's new international MA program, Religion in the Public Sphere. Carmen's research focuses particularly on the critical study of religion, category formation, and power dynamics with regard to Islam and Muslims. She's also the co-editor of the journal Implicit Religion, which is published by Equinox. So
1: Carmen, thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you, Andy. It's great to be here on the show. And uh, I'm really happy to talk a bit about our program. As you said, I work at Leibniz University in Hannover here at the Institute for the Study of Religion, and I'm teaching and doing research here. So I'm very much involved in the new program, of which I'm also the program coordinator. So I'm all set (laughs) to talk a bit more and more in detail about the program. Excellent.
0: Can you first tell us about the name of this program, Religion in the Public Sphere? How do you understand that and what sort of ideas, themes and approaches does
1: that entail? Yeah, the the title, as you've said, is Religion in the Public Sphere. And as I speak, I should imagine quotation marks around (laughs) religion and around the public sphere. And I think this already gives an indication uh, of the perspective we take. So it's a pronouncedly discursive pr- perspective we take. So religion is not just out there naturally given and we just discover it and unearth it in all its details. But we look at religion in this program as a discourse or in different discursive settings. And we're trying to understand how religion is negotiated in society and different social fields. This is, I would say, the main theme of the program, and the same holds true for the term um, the public sphere. It's also not something that's just out there, it's something that's constructed and produced in society. It is normatively loaded, so we also look at this, and basically we're also very much into uh, historicizing and problematizing these terms. So this is also one major element of our study program. Nevertheless, I think what's also very important for us is that these discourses on religion, on the public sphere, they have material effects on reality. They, they construct reality. So while we love theorizing these concepts and deconstructing these concepts, we also look in case studies how they play out, how powerful they are, how they privilege certain positions, certain identities, how they marginalize others. So this is, I think, very broadly a rough outline of our interest and perspective we take. We do so basically uh, in uh, modules or in courses dedicated to theoretical discussions or discussions on theory and uh, theoretical issues in the study of religion, but also by engaging with case studies in different thematic fields.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds fabulous. I mean, in my experience, this approach isn't very common for MA programs, at least not as a main or overarching goal for the whole department. How would you say that your MA program compares to other programs in the field?
1: Yeah, I think this is also the difference to most master's programs in the field of the study of religion, also here in Germany, because they usually they usually focus on different religious practices and experience and try to understand them. So we take a decidedly different perspective and we see also very much the issue of power in there, which is usually not very much problematized in the study of religion and how um, through the concept of religion and through the actually, yeah, uh, I would say a classificatory system that religion actually is, society gets reproduced, right? Mm-hmm. So these are the broader issues that, that interest us. So it's not only about religion, it's also about other modern concepts like freedom, like identity, like, yeah, even gender, race, right? But also very powerful concepts and how we look also at them and how they actually interfere or are interwoven with, with religious discourses and uh, are very powerful productive discourses in the sense that they produce society and reality for us. Absolutely. Can
0: you tell us a little bit more about the structure of the program and the modules that you offer?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, the program lasts uh, for two years, so it's structured into four semesters. And the first semester is actually there in order to orient yourself a bit. We have an introductory module where we actually set the scene for the rest of the program you know where you get an idea of the issues that come up in the course of the studies where we discuss them we have in this introductory module we also have a lecture series where we invite other researchers to present their work and discuss with us then we have in the course of the first i think yeah two semesters we have thematic modules this is actually where we go into the case studies you know where we try to discuss the religion in yeah in its natural environment, <laughs> in society, <laughs> in culture, right? And how it plays out there as a very powerful discourse. So we have the thematic module, educational research. So we look at schools at university as a setting and what the oh, schools wow. of religion does there. We have a thematic module called Politics and Law, and they also give a course where we uh, focus on the public sphere and deconstruct and historicize the public sphere. So there's a lot of Habermas, but yeah. also a lot of Chantal Mouffe and Ernesto Laclau and every- So we're trying to de a bit the very European idea of European notion of the public sphere. And in the second semester, we have the thematic module of Society and Culture also with case studies. And these case studies usually also come from our own expertise and fields of research. So we are trying, you know, to to combine the discussions with the data we produce from our field or construct from our fields. Of course, we don't just find the data there. We are producing right. them as researchers, Absolutely. which we also problematize and reflect upon them. But then we also have in the second semester a module, which I really like, It's called Research and Debates. <laughs> and there we actually chime into current debates in the study of religion. Now, for example, in this semester I give a course, which we tackle two issues, the inside-outsider problem. Mm-hmm. We have just uh, used your uh, remix, actually, <laughs> <Absolutely, yes. laughs> as, uh, as a first introduction or uh, in order to send out a stage in order to understand what questions we need to ask. And now we dive deeper into the issue and we see how we can with it or whether it's an issue at all from a discursive perspective, actually, whether this makes sense mm-hmm. to differentiate between insiders and outsiders. And we also tackle the issue of data, constructing data and what it means to talk of data for religion. Right. And I think in other semesters, we'll have other issues that come up. Um, I was thinking about doing something on comparison because that has been yeah. discussed a lot in the last five years, I would say. It also depends on the interest of the students. Since we have a rather small department and small program and small groups, the students can also tell us what they're especially interested in. So, for example, in the course... I just talked about um, research and debates, I um, proposed several topics we could discuss more in depth and they chose themselves data, the construction of data and uh, inside outsider problems. So students also get a chance partly to shave uh, what we actually talk about uh, yeah. in essence in the courses. Right? And what I really like about our program is the third semester because we have a field module there and it's the only module we have. So there you get a chance for the semester to actually engage in an internship or to um, develop your own research project and to do research, actually. Of course, everything under supervision. And uh, we, of course, also counsel on the kind of internships that might be interesting for you. And we help with finding an internship, right? Or with finding a good topic. And yeah, we we take you through the field module. The idea is that students actually get an idea of where they want to go to, right? After the studies. So Yeah. As you were saying that, I was just thinking that that's
0: a really great opportunity for students to develop skills that would help them either in continuing their studies in a PhD program or pursuing a related career, which is really good.
1: Yeah, also to get to know what you don't want, actually. This is how it worked with me yeah. when I did internships during my studies. <laughs> I actually knew I, did, I don't want to work there. I mean, for sure, you know, it's so. a good way to
0: learn. It's, a, it's yeah. an environment where you,
1: there's not as much at
0: stake. So yeah, but also yeah. that. Yes, absolutely. But
1: we also, you know, we're trying to also develop a network of, of partners. So um, also the Studies Project yes, is one of our yes, partners for an yes internships. So. Yes,
0: And we're very happy but, for that. Thank yeah. you.
1: Uh, but also we have different museums here and in Hannover who are very eager to welcome students from our program to internships and so on. So you know we're slowly establishing a network of interesting institutions, organizations that might be interesting, and also prospective workplaces actually.
0: So the program clearly focuses on the discursive study of the category religion, but given the emphasis on issues of power, identity, race, gender, etc, it sounds like a rather interdisciplinary program for students interested in engaging these types of issues.
1: We cooperate with our colleagues from Institute for, of Sociologies that they, they also develop courses for our study program in English. So, by the way, it's in its entirety taught in English, so you don't need any knowledge of German, which I think is well, something. Maybe good. Get some international <laughs> students coming over, yeah, They're very much welcome to come and. I think from the students for which this study program might be interesting, it's of course students in the study of religion, but also students from cultural studies, from the social sciences and related studies that somehow tackle, you know, these these big notions of contemporary societies and who are interested in it.
0: One particularly interesting aspect of this MA program is the different degree tracks that you offer. The home track and the double degree track, Right. Can you tell us about these different tracks?
1: A home track, basically, it's it's a normal study program track. You usually stay at our university and you get a degree, one degree from our university. At the end, if you complete the study successfully, of course, during the home track, you can also uh, go abroad if you want to. We also counsel on this. But we have another track, the double degree track. And on this track, we collaborate with two partners, the University of Roma Tre in Rome in Italy and Zürich University in Sweden. And the point is actually that in the third semester, so instead of taking the field module, which is also great, <laughs> But in the third semester, you spend at least this semester and possibly also second semester at one of our partner universities and you earn credits there. And we have streamlined our programs in such a way that they recognize our modules. So at the end, you are eligible also for a second master degree. So you can get our master degree and a degree oh, wow. from Stockholm or from so, uh, from, from Zerdoturn and from Italy, from Rome. So this is, I think, another Possibility, first of all, also to get to know to other institutes for the study of religion and other academic cultures. I mean, you have to apply for the double degree track because we only have a fixed amount of places there. Right. But basically from our program, five people or five students can go to Zodotun to Sweden and five people can go to Rome and Italy. And it's streamlined in such a way and coordinated in such a way that you don't have to do extra credits in order to earn these two degrees. But we recognize, and it totally makes sense from the structure of our programs, we recognize each each other's modules and courses so that at the end you can earn a second degree. So that's another thing I think that's quite special about this program. And we really hope that we can also intensify in the future our cooperation with these two partners even more, or get more partners. Who knows? The longer we stay around, the more people become interested in collaborating with us. But that's something for the future, though. So we have to see. But our partners are very enthusiastic about the collaboration. So.
0: <laughs> I, I would imagine so. I mean, that yeah. that really does seem just like such a wonderful opportunity.
1: Exactly, because very often students who actually want to go abroad. They start to have second thoughts because it takes a huge amount of resources and work order to organize it, right? You might lose time (laughs) in your studies and all these things. And in our program, you won't lose any time, right? And we help you in setting things up. Partners help you in finding housing and stuff. You don't have to pay tuition fees because... Uh, Here in Germany, you don't pay tuition fees and neither neither do you in Sweden and Italy. This also helps quite a lot. And you have the same rights and also obligations, of course, as as students at those universities, which is also quite good. So you have access to all courses and course programs.
0: That's really interesting. So not only does the double degree track give the students the opportunity to network with other scholars and departments in the field and learn about the various approaches to the study of religion in different countries and different universities, but also the students benefit from a wider array of faculty expertise when it comes to crafting their research projects.
1: Exactly. It's also, if you're on a double degree track, you can choose a supervisor from the other universities for your thesis, right? So- you always need a supervisor from your home university, which if you are based in Hannover would be us, but uh, you can also always choose a first or second supervisor from Södertön or from Roma Tre. Dance. And this has to do, as you said, with their expertise. So I think it really broadens the subjects that are relevant for us. I also have some thematical folky at the universities that are different from ours, right? Zuloturn or Stockholm is much more into ethnography. I mean, here at our institute, it's me doing this, uh, doing engaging fieldwork and also methodology and critical reflection of it. But in Zuloturn, it's much more present, uh, actually, while in, I would say, in Roma 3, uh, it's much more focused on the sociology of religion. So we have different theme and, and foci from which to choose and you can, you know, then decide whether you would like to go on a double degree and in order to enjoy this. Well, speaking of faculty
0: research areas, what are the different research foci of the faculty at Hanover?
1: I'll tell a bit about those who are actually involved in teaching in this uh, program. This will be mostly three of us. First of all, me. Um, I'm called the Islam person here at the, at the Institute because I look at Islam as a discursive tradition, as a specific discursive tradition within the broader, you know, discourse on religion. And I use everything having to do with Islam and Muslim as data in order to exemplify what discourse does. I have a background actually in political science, so I'm not a religious studies person, (laughs) per se. Uh, I studied political science, uh, also Islamic studies, and law at one point in time, (laughs) which I then dropped. And I had my degree, uh, my PhD then, in the study of religion in the Netherlands, actually. So I'm, I'm crossing a bit of disciplines, but this makes it for me very interesting to teach in this program, actually, yeah. you know, to bring in my perspective. And I, I really love theory. So very often and students, as soon as they know, I, I teach this in this seminar or this in this course, they start sci- They start saying, Oh my God, we have to do theory again, <laughs> first <laughs> of all. <laughs> but at the end, they usually enjoy it because i really my thing is to connect you know data theory and the whole thing together in the research process and to exemplify theory with data from the discourse of religion basically then we have Wanda Alberts here who is also the head of uh, the institute she is especially situated in the field of education education policies and research she's into the didactics of religion which is a very special dynamic in germany because in german public schools you have the confessional study of religion as a subject, so pupils there or students at school in schools they can take up, for example, Catholic religion as a school subject. And for those who are not affiliated to any official church, they can choose an alternative subject called. Uh, and this uh, the subject has different names across Germany because it's very federal. And here in Lower Saxony, in our uh, federal state, we are involved in the didactics of this subject as as a study of religion. So this is what she deals with. And it's very difficult to get, you know, the discursive perspective into a school curriculum. So (laughs) this makes it very interesting to look at this as one social field where religion is negotiated. She has a lot of expertise on this, and she also brings this into, into the master program, of course. So this is her expertise, but she's also giving a, right now a course on sexuality and religion and sexual politics. And Then we have Stefan Ferding, who is into the theory of the discursive study of religion, uh, also the history of the, the discipline in Germany, so and how how you know the definition of religion has been a, a crystallization point of different perspectives and different factions in the study of religion. So this is very interesting as well, and he brings this into the program as well. And then we see, we have off and on lecturers who are interested in collaborating with us, so we draw upon a, a group of people who bring in their own. Co- courses and seminars into the program because they just fit very well from their perspective.
0: Yeah. Very nice. You've mentioned briefly some of your collaborations in the university. Can you tell us a little more about those collaborations and the benefits of working with other faculty and departments.
1: Yeah. And and we will also see, I mean, we've just started, you know, last winter semester and with another colleague, Krista Fratantonio, who's working on late antiquity, actually, we are already thinking about developing a course where we collaborate with a museum here, you know, how objects are religionized, you know, in the museum setting and how this has been done, you know, uh, during a period of time in different ways. Uh, things like this, and also, you know, discussions that are more embedded into post-colonial discourses. You know, what do we do with objects that were stolen during colonialism? And what happens with them when, they, when they're when they given back? You know, are they understood as religious objects, you know, and how are they framed? So these are very interesting questions that come up. Our colleagues from the museum here with which we are thinking about a collaboration. They're very enthusiastic to, you know, collaborate on this and also get our perspective in there. So these are some, you know, future perspectives. It's, yeah. it has not materialized yet, but we're working on these kinds of Things ideas. Are so in the works. Yeah. And I think this is also where students can still shape things a bit, you know, because we are very interested in the perspective. what students bring what interests they have and how we can perhaps integrate them into the program. So we will see in the future, actually, how the program might you know develop or change over time. The point is that we are at the university here which also calls it uh, which is a former technical university so the main fields or the most important fields for the university here are disciplines from engineering up to nature sciences and so on so we are a bit of outsiders here with the faculty uh, for humanities so we collaborate within the Faculty of humanities with especially Institute for the Study of religion but yeah off and on we try to see if we can establish more collaborations out there and to, to be inspired by others we don't see yet points where interests converge actually this also has to do with our perspective i mean uh, even with some colleagues in sociology you now for them to deconstruct religion is not something given <laughs> it's not right. something that you do per se um, but we have a few colleagues uh, that have been collaborating with us before in an older Ma-a degree program who are actually more from the from cultural studies and also have this perspective and this has worked in the past quite well And one feature they actually have in sociology is the thorough methodological and method orientation. This is also what they feed into our program. They have different courses on methods and methodology, where these are also critically reflected on the work they do and how we perceive the object we study and how they construct the object we study. Um, So they have especially designed courses that are part of our program for our students. So this is very helpful, actually. (laughs) That's not something that's really established in the study of religion in Germany. There's a lot of collaboration with the sociology of religion, but to take in decidedly the methods and the methodology and the discussions from other disciplines, uh, it depends actually on the people working in these institutions and, and, and the, at the universities and the discipline of the study of religion. But mostly, it's some kind of, I think it's common sense what kind of method you use, right, when you you research. It's not something that you have to learn and to reflect upon. So This is also changing slowly.
0: Yeah, but I, I think that's it's nice that you kind of do take the time to explore those and kind of unpack them and get into the the details and the processes yeah. of different methods.
1: Yeah, I want to get a bit away from the idea. If you, if you study religion, you talk to the insiders, the religious people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how they experience their religion. And that's what you have. And then you analyze or you, you try not to... to to establish a sort of typology or something else. But it's not really, it's more description still, right? It's not really analysis and also not put Mm -hmm. into broader social context. Yes. So this is where we want to draw students to and to get away from the pure description or from, Mm -hmm. from a very descriptive approach based on experience.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this would be very beneficial for students, especially given the realities of the academic job market. How does the program really take this into account?
1: Actually, when I think, you know, about where our students can be after the study, after the, the, the study program, I imagine students also to, you know, engage in occupations that deal with conflict situations, you know, contemporary society at different institutions and stuff. Because I think the study actually, I think, hones also um, skills that help people to find alternatives or different solutions because first of all you have to analyze a bit what's going on there of course and to understand that this does not have to be the way it is right now there are alternatives because there's no essence to it right yeah so then it can be changed of course there's a lot of resistance to change because you know so there are also structures uh, and materializations and discourses but at least Things can be viewed, or uh, reality can be viewed differently. And this leads to change, I think, slowly, incrementally. And this is something I find very inspiring about this kind of perspectives, you know. it somehow, of course, you deconstruct everything and then you think, oh, so it doesn't matter how we do things, it's that everything is relative, right? But I think, no, it actually enables you, you know, to argue for yourself from which foundation you want to start, yes. you know, what foundation exactly. you want to choose, because there is no natural foundation given so it's, it's not actually anti-foundationalist because we need something to work upon. It's more like a post-foundationalist approach. <laughs> I think this reflection gives you also the opportunity to maybe within the, you know, very restricted way you may have, you, you're able to change things, you know, it gives you also the opportunity to to change things a bit, right? And In the institutions you're working and stuff. And it keeps you sane, I think. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, it's not a natural given and it's not your fault, basically, you know. Uh, and it gives you some room to maneuver, actually. Um, I don't like to use the word agency there because, you know, then you think yeah. of an individual who is... <laughs> people, yes. you know, of mm-hmm. acting, uh, through its own individual will, but it's it's kind yeah, it's it's, it's, it's still empowering, I think. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I, I appreciate the distinction there, It's because I think uh, it's an important one.
1: Well, I think this is why I like this program so much, and why I think even if you don't, you know, go pursue an academic career, you know, you're very much well-equipped to go out there. <laughs> uh, which I think is really the key thing,
0: especially just being realistic about the, the job market. Sure. It's not just within the academy, but... Obviously, it's something to seriously consider for anybody going into grad school. And and so having those skills that will help somebody either continue on or transition into another career, I think, is is crucial for any program at this point, because it's a reality that everybody is certainly facing.
1: I think it's a very smart uh, way to approach. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it's also kind of a way to take responsibility also for your students. I mean, it's one thing, yeah. you know, to, to fill the hats with, with all kinds of theory and, and methods and methodologies. But it's also to give them idea you, you don't need to stay into, in, in academia in order to uh, to do something relevant to the study. There's much more out there. And you can do your your thing also there with the, st- with the study program, basically.
0: Absolutely. So for the folks who are interested, (laughs) whether they are in Germany or whether they are living abroad, can you tell us just a little about the admission requirements and what prospective students need to know?
1: Yeah. Well, most importantly, we have two application periods. We have an application period for non-EU students and an application period for EU students. The application period for non-EU students starts earlier. There are two hard requirements. You need a BA in the study of religion or a field relevant to our master degree program. And you can take this very broadly. So the other thing is that you have to show proof, provide proof uh, of your level of English. The details are on our web page. I think that's much easier than me spelling out and making mistakes. On <laughs> There's much more details, of course, to, to uh, an application process. People are very much welcome to ask me if I don't know the answers or if you have more administrative questions. I know the people who are in charge and you can answer your questions. So feel free to contact me for any questions you have. What's interesting here about university, and I think that applies to to many universities in Germany. Since the so-called refugee crisis—imagine again the quotation marks there—in 2015, when a lot of Syrians, Afghan, and uh, Iraqis came uh, to Germany and other European countries, universities have become much more aware of what these students need actually and on the problems they face when trying to register for programs. So there is a lot of help here at university. There's a a structure. We have one person who helps, you know refugees to to get through the admission process, who knows a lot of resources, uh, where to get financial help and stuff. We encourage also those students who are in these dire circumstances and but who still want to go on with their lives, right, to apply. And there are a lot of resources there. And usually the problem is you don't know where to find them, you know, because they are decentralized. You know, there are groups there who provide financial means. There are groups there who accompany you through going through all the bureaucratic work. And we have people here and uh, who will try to, you know, to, to, to collect all the threats and put them together and advise uh, refugee students. So this is, again, I think something I would really like to bring out there and to this group of students we should not forget right now.
0: Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. Well, thanks so much, Carmen, for joining me here today to chat about your new innovative MA program, Religion in the Public Sphere. And just for everyone listening, we will be sure to add a link to the webpage for the MA program, as well as uh, your contact info, Carmen, so that anyone who has questions can reach out to you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It's really great to see how programs are kind of shifting their approach to the academic study of religion and also taking seriously the realities of the job market and the issues that grad students will face, because these are things that everybody does need to be aware of, particularly those who want to pursue graduate studies. So thank you so much for this great conversation. And I really look forward to seeing how your program develops. And I'm excited to learn about all of the new things that you'll be doing. So
1: good luck. Well, thank you, Andy. It's wonderful to talk to you and to discuss the program. And it gives me again some shot of enthusiasm when I reiterate what you're actually doing. So thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Thanks
0: again to Carmen for joining us here today at the Religious Cities Project. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in and also for being here to celebrate our 400th episode. It's very exciting please head over to social media to like, share, comment. We'd love to hear what you thought about the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also be sure to head to our website at religiousstudiesproject.com where you can find links to the MA program as well as contact information for Carmen if you have any questions. And also a transcript, of course, will be up there as well. And as always, we here at the RSP appreciate any support that you're able to give, whether it's a one-time donation via PayPal, if you sign up to become a patron, as little as $1 a month goes a long way to helping support the work of our team here. And we are grateful for any support you can give, whether it is financial or just sharing our posts on social media. So thank you again, and we'll be back next week. So until next time, all this left to say is, thanks for listening. The RSP is sponsored by the British Association for the Study of Religions, the North American Association for the Study of Religion, and the International Association for the History of Religions. The Religious Studies Project is produced by the Religious Studies Project Association, SCIO, a Scottish charitable incorporated organisation, charity number SC047750 brought to you by editor-in-chief Andy Alexander and founding editors Chris Cotter and David Robertson Our features are edited by Israel Dominguez and Savannah Finver and our opportunities digest by Trevor Lynn. Audio editing by Alex Matthews and Nathan Springer podcast transcription by ayesha javid and jacob Noblet. and social media managed by candace mixon don't forget you can support the project by using our amazon.com.co.uk and .ca links or donating at patreon.com slash project rs and you can find us on facebook twitter youtube itunes instagram and other portals thanks for listening